0: What is up everybody? Welcome to the XFL podcast. Episode two, our part two of the XFL 2023 season preview presented by Habibi Clothing. I am Jonathan Risk. You can follow me everywhere at official risk on all social medias. I am joined with the gremlin of Detroit. Mr. MG Geek, you can follow him at Two Fight Forever on all social media, and you can follow us as a tandem at XFL Pod. We are your unofficial official source for everything XFL, and we got a jam-packed episode for you. We're gonna break down the ESPN schedule, break down the teams and the rosters, and break down Week One and give our picks. Normally, we would give them against. The spread, but because there are no odds out yet, we are working with our sources in Vegas to see if we could get some before the end of the episode. No promises, but we will pick those at the end of the episode. MG, how are you doing today, Mr. Matthew?
1: I am doing fantastic, sir. Uh, getting ready to run through all these. Yes, I do. All, all caffeined up and ready to go. Um, <laughs> ready to run through some uh, goody, uh, some. Some XFL stuff. I am
0: always. So what we got going on? Tell me about this ESPN.
1: So ESPN is the uh, partner uh, for all the XFL games this year. So we have 43 XFL games, uh, 40 regular season games, two playoffs, one championship. Uh, They will all be featured in in a combination of, of eight, ABC gets 7 games, ESPN and ESPN2 22 games, and then X and FX, which is interesting, uh has 15 it games. It's interesting because it's a different uh network completely. Um but hey, uh so that's interesting to me and then all and all the games will be um streamed on ESPN Plus and simulcast in 142 countries around the world. So they're definitely yeah. rolling out the red carpet for television, and I, I mentioned this last episode, and I'll mention it again. The last week at the Pro Bowl, um, or the, when they did the Pro Bowl on ESPN uh, in ABC, they really hammered home XFL. So they're definitely getting yeah. their they're definitely getting um, some advertisement for sure.
0: And, yeah, a uh, thousand percent. Um, one thing that is curious, and this is more of the nerdy TV side, and this is mm-hmm. kind of where I come into play. But And I don't know if you have saw this anywhere, or if this is just kind of in my realm, in my circles, but there are rumors that Disney is trying to um, separate themselves from their ESPN assets. Not sell them. I have heard that. But turn them into their own solo entity. So that will be interesting because if that does happen, then that could lead ABC to not carry XFL games come 2024 season if we get that far. So this will be something to monitor as the season goes. And it is um, a reason why I think they have thrown in that FX with 15 games and why ABC only has seven games. Um, one because of the ABC's prior obligations. Of course, um, FX is kind of searching for things to put on it. So I understand why you're putting 15 on there, but if they are a
1: couple of the games are, uh, simulcast, I do believe, um, I was looking at it when we'll go through some of the schedule here. And i think there's a couple games that are, uh, FX, um, and ESPN covered at the same time, which is interesting.
0: And like you said, they're all going to be on ESPN plus, like we talked about in episode one, I expect those ESPN plus to have some of those SMT integrations with the, uh, on screen statistic highlights, fantasy, um, and all those stats that we're used to in the NFL. But, um, I'm excited to see, uh, what ESPN does with it. Um, I believe with what they did with the Pro Bowl, obviously Monday Night Football, they have expertise in streaming football games at a high level. Um, they've been doing it for years, so I'm not really concerned about that. Um, but I would like to go into the commentators. The XFL announced yes. on January 23rd. There are commentators. Um, that would be kicking off the season. Um, there's going to be four teams Um, They're saying across ESPN's rosters, um, and I have those right here in front of me. Team one is Tom Hart, who will be doing play-by-play. He uh, has been with ESPN since 2012, um, and he's been the voice of SEC Sunday Night Football Games since 2017, Um, and he's also done um, play-by-play for the XFL in 2020. Um, his analysis will be Greg uh, McElroy, uh, the 2010 BCS National Championship um, joined ESPN. He was an analyst, excuse me, for the 2010. They. Their writing is almost as bad as yours, MG Geek. (laughs) He he, he joined ESPN uh, with the SEC. He also did games uh, for the XFL in 2020. Their on-field reporter will be Katie George, former Louisville volleyball star. She was on the ACC network um, when it launched in 2019 and is now an ESPN-ABC reporter for college football. Um, and she's their primary uh, volleyball, volleyball analysis. So someone coming outside of football um, to do some on-field analysis. I'm actually very excited for that. I love seeing those. This is the part I nerd about because this is kind of my mm-hmm. world with what I do for a living. So this is the stuff that interests me. This I'm sure this is um, – you're like rich in numbers here right now. Yeah, Mike. If, uh, we do the Mattman mm-hmm. crossover. crossover. Um, <laughs> but their their second field analysis will be uh, Cole Kublick. I believe that's how you say it. He was an offensive lineman at Auburn, um, joined ESPN in 2011, also does SEC coverage, and also covered XFL as a field analysis in 2020. Um, And he's actually uh, McElroy's uh, morning radio host for their show in Birmingham. So that is team one. Team Two, uh, play-by-play Matt Barry joined the ESPN 2013. He's the co-anchor of the noon weekly edition of Sports Center, um, and he hosts ESPN studio coverage of college football on Saturdays. Um, he also did some play-by-play for ESPN's Thursday Night College Football. Um, he will be joined with his analysis Joey Galloway. You know the name, NFL veteran, 16 years, joined ESPN. He's the only one
1: I know. <laughs> He's the He's the only one I really, really know. <laughs>
0: um, he, he also, there's a lot of crossover with the people that did the play-by-play in 2020. Um, Tiffany Blackman will be a field reporter. She's one of the newer people to ESPN by only joining in 2021. Um, college football sideline reporter. She did... Um, many years. Five years is five many. She did a handful of years uh, with the NFL <laughs> Network, so she is very familiar with the NFL. And then joining them on with uh, field analysis will be Eric McLean. Um, also joined ACC Network in 2019 um, and played at Clemson from 2011 to 2015. Um, having the most wins by a single player in team history with 46, which is a crazy stat to to hear on paper. Um, that will wrap up team two. Team three, John Scriffin, play by play, been with ESPN since twenty twenty, play by play across all of ESPN from college basketball, baseball, softball, NBA's G League, Summer League and MLB in college football. Um, His analysis, he'll be joined on analysis by Tom Tom Luganbill. I butchered that name. I'm sorry, Tom. Shoot me a DM for phonetic spelling. Uh, Been with ESPN since 2005. uh, College uh, field reporter. Um, He was actually a quarterback coach in the original XFL on the championship winning team of uh, the L.A. team. What were they? Uh, Los Angeles. I have it right here in front of me. Los Angeles Extreme in 2001. He was the quarterback's coach on that winning team. So that, I think, is a guy that will be –
1: Who was the quarterback on that team? Do you know? Do you know? Because I know. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, Tommy give it to me. <laughs> Tommy Hendricks.
1: There we go. So, and he went um, on, he to, went Tommy on to play coach?
0: for the Steelers. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did you know go. that, mm-hmm. um, but I think that I think that's actually very interesting. Um, but it does show their reach. I'm sure plenty remember uh, Pat McAfee did do some play by play. I believe he did play by play. He might have done analysis, but I believe he was play by play for an XFL game or two. No, wait, that's wrong. He did sideline. I knew that. I don't know why I lied. He did sideline <laughs> for some games in 2020. Um, but team, he's not here. Um, team three, first field reporter, Stormy Bhutani, um, very recognizable name in the world of XFL. She hosted the XFL quarterback selection that streamed on the XFL's YouTube channel this year. and uh, She was also part of the ESPN's XFL draft coverage, one of the main people there. Uh, she's an Emmy award-winning journalist, joined the ESPN in 2020, college football sideline reporter, and she also does a co-host on the weekdays at uh, Vice in Final Countdown Digital Sports Talk Show. And she will also be joined by Harry Douglas, 10 year NFL vet, joined ESPN in 2019. Uh, he's the co host of the new Fitz and Harry. Um, and he also hosts the Countdown to College Game Day. Um, so that wraps up team three. And then the final team will be play by play Lowell Galeando, a little. Lil Pazan oh, over there joint.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Galiendo, thank you. Joined ESPN in 2007, <laughs> lead anchor for Longhorn Network, including hosting Texas Game Day. Um, so big Texas guy there, so expect him to be at a lot of those San Antonio, Houston, and Renegade games. He will be joined with Sam Acho, former NFL vet, 10 years. Um, big name on ESPN. Right now, you've seen him on Get Up, College Football Live, Sports Center, and then he just pops up on random shows here and there. First Take, uh, etc. Taylor McGregor will be the field reporter. Joined ESPN in 2019 as college football sideline reporter. McGregor is also the lead Cubs reporter for those MLB fans during um, the MLB season for Marquee Sports Network in Chicago, and they will be joined with Ian. Fitzsimmons, another field analysis, joined ESPN in 2009, reporter for ESPN Radio covered covering college football, NFL games, and he's the code ho- co-host of the Freddie Fitzsimmons show on ESPN. Fun fact, has nothing to do with the XFL, just has to do with me, and it's a subtle brag. Freddie Coleman, who is Fitzsimmons' co-host on that show, um, actually went to one of my other colleges that I went to, Mansfield University, and him and I have... Um, not talked in years, but every time I have talked to him, he's a great guy and extremely instrumental in my career. So shout out Freddie Coleman. Just need to do that quick plug. Um, so that is your four teams sure. on the ESPN that was your drop. Uh, <laughs> side. Yeah, that was a mouthful. Um is there anything you want to talk about off of everything I just read? Well, I just today?
1: think yeah, so all I, I you were going through all these lists and I'm sitting there I can't help I was just, I just realized it's like so a lot of these people especially the sideline reporters they're just pulling from their uh their uh other networks like the SEC network and um yep. other things that so a lot of the low levels uh college sports uh these guys worked on they're kind of getting uh a chance to themselves in the football world so so yeah so i think it's just a matter of you know giving more giving more uh giving more uh opportunities to other people that maybe didn't have it so that's cool good for them one thing i I am
0: curious is they Mm -hmm. didn't announce their um their international team which we do know excuse me that the games will be on i believe i forget which Spanish channel, but they will be doing a Spanish version and they didn't announce uh, who that would be. So I am curious on that. And I also just, someone just sent me the media contacts for the ESPN. Huh? There we go. Got that. I might use that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I am curious on who they're doing, And I'm mostly curious because if you remember that one NFL game they did in Mexico, uh, Raiders Mm -hmm. versus the Broncos. And they had that one sideline reporter that does ESPN soccer. And it's a famous clip. You could go find it on YouTube. He butchered it. I feel so bad for the guy. Um, English is not his first language, and they put him on the damn sideline reporter of the national broadcast and had him speak about the Broncos in a language that's not his native one. But I would like to see that gentleman. I forget his name off the top of my head. I would like to see that gentleman involved. I don't know if he's still with ESPN, um, but if he is, throw that man into the mix because I think he would do good if he got a little bit more right on. Uh, football practice. <laughs> but. I think we should get into
1: these teams. So, uh, we're going to run through all the teams one by one uh, and kind of give our like thoughts on them and uh, where they're going to be playing and uh, some of the key members of the team. So let's start in alphabetical order you know, I like how you did this. Uh, I did it in alphabetical Arlington, order. Not going to lie. Yeah. didn't even plan that. <laughs> and no, it's not actually, no, you order. didn't order. No, Do you that. didn't. It's not, I just, I scrolled down and realized it wasn't, but we are starting with the Arlington Renegades. Um, so this is a new franchise as of the 2020, uh, season, and they were the Dallas Renegades. So it changed the name a little bit. Uh, they will be playing in the South division. Uh, choctaw stadium is their home uh yes it was a baseball stadium and it used to be the home of uh yeah it was a, it was the home of the rangers until 2019 until they got yep. that really fancy stadium so any thoughts on that as far as where they're playing or
0: um no i will say they did do their whole training camp at this stadium so, uh-huh. um, so there's, you know, it's, it's making their there. hub. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're making right. their hub there. Um, like we said, uh, last episode, there's only one team playing in an NFL stadium, um, but for we'll get you like, looking at the seating chart and just the stadium in general, I think it's going to be a good home for the Arlington Renegades. And I know a lot of people in Texas are very excited about this name change because they were previously, as you mentioned, the Dallas Renegades. And the fact right. that they weren't in Dallas in 2020. And, like, there is a small portion of, like – and this is just goes for everybody like there's a lot of people that are upset that San Francisco 49ers are still called San Francisco 49ers and they play in Santa Clara like there's a lot right. of people that are upset that the Jets and Giants are called New York and they play in New Jersey. There's a mm. lot of people upset as much as they love the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys don't play in Dallas so I think when the teams were first announced, <laughs> I saw a lot of joy and happiness that they did change the name to represent. Um,
1: the, the location CD where they're, that actually, they're actually playing yeah. <laughs> and
0: I, and as someone that is very uh OCD about things being how they're meant to be <laughs> this this is something that uh that eased my heart so I, I'm here for it Got and it. I did put it in alphabetical order now while we were talking
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> so um so okay so let's go into the the coaches and stuff so the Head yes. coach, everyone knows this name if you follow football for any length of time. And he was – so So he was uh, – this is Bob Stoops. Um, yep. He was a head coach in the 2020 uh, season as well for the same team. And he – Oklahoma, was that where he was? Yep. I can't remember if he Oklahoma. had any NFL experience. I know he was Oklahoma's uh, coach for several years. So he brings a lot of experience for sure
0: yeah he's um, uh 10 and 9 in bowl games um just a quick rundown um his coaching career um excuse me sorry i was just pulling it back up um <laughs> he was at oklahoma from 99 to 2016 um dallas renegades obviously 2020 um he was the interim head coach at oklahoma in 2021 uh so he he's been around for a minute he was uh in his college career, overall is 191 and 48. So there you go. And he has one national championship, 10 Big 12 championships, two Walter Camp Coach of the Year awards, Paul Bear Bryant Award winner, Home Depot Coach of the Year, AP Coach of the Year, six-time Big 12 Coach of the Year, uh, Disney Wide World, a Sports Spirit Award. This yeah, he's just he's legendary, around, and he's one of the reasons why um, I think the Renegades are a team to be Favorite? reckoned with this yeah. year. Yeah,
1: they will be, yeah. for sure. So the coordinators, I'm just going to run through these, and then you can kind of give thoughts if you have any on any of these guys. Jonathan Hayes, uh, co-offensive coordinator, and then the co-offense, the other co offense coordinator and quarterback coach is Chuck Long, somebody that I know from... Uh, being a longtime college football fan, he played at Iowa. Um, then defensive coordinators, co-defensive coordinators, Jay Hayes and Tim Lewis, which I don't know anything about those You guys. So th- yeah. that's the coordinators. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know much about these coordinators either. I was just interested that they are the only uh, XFL team that is divvying up their coordinator roles where they have co-offense uh-huh. and co-defensive coordinators, which worry me. Uh you know, you have the saying in football, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, and eh, I believe that's true. Um, I think and I they'll kinda, split up the
1: roles a little bit, right? You know, like right. the offensive. Yeah, so like Jonathan Hayes, for instance, uh, will probably handle like the, the receivers and the um, or the, the the running backs in the offensive line, and then uh, Chuck Long handles the receivers and the quarterbacks and the running backs or something like that. But my question is,
0: who's calling the plays, and that's where it gets a little dicey. Where you might have one offensive coordinator who thinks you got to hammer the rock and run the ball to win one game, and the other uh, co-offense coordinator thinks that you got to pass that game to win the game. And same with the defensive side, they
1: work that stuff out ahead of time too. And that's where the that's where the head coach steps in and goes, "You're doing this," and you know, there's no bickering because he's going to say, "You're doing this job." And that's how and and i think it'll be fine i wouldn't get too worried about we'll keep an eye on it we'll see what happens yeah uh, all right you want to run through some of these players uh some of the key players yeah. here uh so so, so these guys uh, go ahead go ahead i'll let you take it take the lead
0: so they have some notable players um and i just picked out a few to put on this list first one i'm a homer marquette king Um, Who is Marquette King? He's a former punter for the Oakland Raiders, but he was also the punter for the St. Louis Battlehawks last time in the XFL. Marquette King is an enigma. This is somebody, I know he's a punter. He's the closest thing that special teams has actively to Pat McAfee. So if you're a Pat McAfee fan, you're probably going to be a Marquette King fan. He hammers the football. Literally the only reason he got cut out of the NFL was because of his personality. I'm sure everyone has seen the clips. Um, there was a roughing in the punter. uh, flag one time, this man grabbed the flag off the ground, danced with it, and then threw it down to the ground himself afterwards, and he got a flag for that, Um, (laughs) (laughs) that offset the day of flags, Um, but like, Mm -hmm. he got cut by John Gruden, and then put an Instagram video out that was like a diss rap with a Chucky doll in the background and threw the Chucky doll off a building. So he is an enigma, but he's a phenomenal punter. And if you like, um, if you are a wrestling fan, and I know we have a lot of those crossing over here with Matt Men, XFL Pod, and just The Rock, um, so if you are a fan of that type of stuff, you will be a fan of Marquette King. And this is probably the most time anyone's ever spent on a punter. But I love the guy. Yeah, I, think I, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a phenomenal punter. And, yeah, I think a fan for that <laughs> reason. Yeah. Um, then you have Will Hill, former defensive back for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I forget what years he played back there, but he was
1: – a, de- a decent defensive back in the NFL. I think we're going to see a, a pattern here with some of these guys, like guys uh, retribution, getting, getting, um, trying to get a second chance or in a third chance in some cases. Because a lot of these guys look like they have NFL experience. Um, and for whatever reason, like you talked about Marquette, Marquette King, uh, they're they're not in the league anymore, but they still can, they still have talent and they still can work. So, yeah. hey, uh, there we go. All right, let's go into the DC Defenders. Um, yes. So this is another team. Looks like it was uh, started in 2020. I think they. Well, we'll go into it. Is there any teams that are holdovers from the 2001, or, or is this or are they all new? I can't remember. From 2001.
0: No. Yeah, they're are all there me. any
1: holdovers? So Follow in 2001,
0: okay. I actually have it in front of me. Don't ask why. So in 2001, um, you had the Birmingham Thunderbolts, Chicago Enforcers, Las Vegas Outlaws, Los Angeles Extreme, Memphis Maniacs, New Jersey, New York Hitman. They actually named them both states. Um, Orlando Rage and the San Francisco Demons were the original 2001 ah. teams.
1: That's totally different. Okay, for some reason, so we don't have to go into like we all know they started in twenty twenty. All right, so these they play in the North Division. Um, They're going to be playing at Audi Field. Um, Yep, this is where uh, this is where the soccer teams play, right? Yeah, both soccer uh, teams, Uh -uh. both DC
0: professional soccer teams play at this field. It's actually a beautiful stadium. I mean, comparatively to what else is in DC. Um, and I actually <laughs> shots
1: fired, dude. Yeah. I actually,
0: it's funny though, because I was watching someone and I like to take vitamins and I get really nerded out on stadiums. So I was watching a stadium video. Um, I want to say it might've been five point vids on YouTube. Check him out. If you like stadium <laughs> nerd knowledge, he dives into it. Uh, he's great. But, um, they were going over something, and they were like, "Yeah, um, it's good." Be- they were they were actually going over the uniforms, and the person said, "And I'm probably misquoting them, but." It was a funny shot, but he said, um, yeah, D.C. defenders, they're picking red for their colors like 2020. So now you have every single D.C. team wears red. And he listed it through. Um, Obviously, Nationals are red. Capitals are red. Um, Oh, my God, you're right. he goes, now D.C. defenders are red. And he said – now, you might be thinking Burgundy is red, but I did say the teams that play in D.C. are all red. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. oh, that's a funny shot. That's at the
1: but, skins uh,
0: well, yeah, what mean, Well, commanders. Uh, commanders. Don't get us
1: canceled two episodes in, <laughs> Matthew. God damn it. <laughs> hey, what can I say? All right. Uh, so so that's it. I mean, yeah, so they, the one thing to be noted here, most of these stadiums, for one are going to be well the Arlington Stadium is bigger too because it had a baseball. Most of them are gonna be right around 20 K as far as capacity. So um yeah. I think that's a good number. I think that's a good number for most of these stadiums. Uh to, to do these because you want you want to make it look full if you can. Um okay. So let's go into the let's go into the coaches here. Uh Reggie Barlow is the head coach and general manager. Uh, former, uh, Virginia state head coach, uh, his record there was 1621. No, that was the years he was the coach. <laughs> oh, 16, to, 16 to 21. Oh, I, okay. yes. Uh, sorry. Right, I didn't read your, uh, your gibberish there. <laughs> All right. right, sixteen. So from, uh, from 2016, to 2021, he was the head coach of Virginia state. Okay. Got that. Done. Yes. I don't know him that well. This is going to be one of those ones where I'm going to say, just like I did with the last team, as far as the players. This is going to be a guy that's looking for uh, head coach experience. You know, I guess, I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of that as we go through these.
0: Yes and no. I know a lot about Reggie Barlow, with that being said. So Reggie Barlow is um, a Deion Sanders type. He's uh, Deion Sanders before Deion Sanders without the marketing behind him. So... <laughs> um, Reggie Barlow got drafted in '96 to the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, out of Alabama State, at HBCU. Um, he played in the NFL from '96 to 2003 with the Jaguars, Raiders, and Bucks. Um, I believe he was on the uh, he was on the Tuck Rule Raiders, and he was also on the Super Bowl winning uh, Buccaneers. But after that, he went to his alma mater, um, Alabama State, to be a QB coach. Um, but then he took over in 2006 to be the head coach of Alabama State, was there for seven years before take before taking two years off and then becoming the Virginia State head coach. So he's been a head coach 2007 to 2014 and then at HBCU and then at a D1 um, school from 2016 to 2021. So not necessarily looking For a head coaching opportunity, he is a coach that comes with the head coaching opportunity, just not at, uh, just only at the collegiate level. And why say, um, Deion Sanders type, starting at the HBCU, then going to a college that is a D one that uh was not the best, and then making it uh a decent team, and then the fact that you know he has the Virginia roots as much as DC is far away from Virginia State's campus, um, you're going to have that. It's the same market. Um, So with that, he's bringing those fans to that XFL team that were a fan of his at Virginia State. And I think that was a smart move by uh, Danny Garcia and good old Dewey.
1: (laughs) All right, cool. Uh, So um, the offensive coordinator is Fred Case Kai. Yeah, I couldn't find anything
0: online about him, so we're just going to hold on to our seats.
1: Okay, and then defensive coordinator Greg Williams fired after Jets and Raiders game in 2020, and he was part of Bounty Gate, is this right? Yes, so
0: Greg Williams is... One of those names that you re- will recognize from the NFL. Most famously, his last hit was the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets. He was fired immediately after sending an all-out blitz. That resulted in the Raiders beating the Jets with a Henry Ruggs uh, long touchdown because he left the backfield uh, completely open. And a lot <laughs> of people think that uh, he did it purposefully so the Jets could tank for uh, Trevor Lawrence, and they ended up with Zach Wilson instead. So you have that there. That didn't age well
1: um, that, that did not was, age well at all <laughs>
0: yeah he was also the defensive coordinator and the ringleader for bounty gate he was the one that okay. started it he was the one that was excuse me allegedly he was the one <laughs> that started it allegedly he was the one orchestrating it all with uh the other key players that got uh taken out and but yeah greg williams um was the defense coordinator for those two, I think, are the two most notable times he was defense coordinator. I believe he also has uh, NFL head coaching experience. So you're bringing some um, NFL world, and I think this is the nod that uh, the, the higher-ups in the XFL are given to XFL 2001.
1: Gotcha. Cool. Uh, notable players for these guys, uh, Rykel Ra- Armstead. Uh, yep. Jacksonville Jaguar running back Jordan Mo T- 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 Mua. M- 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 oh, that's Samoan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> former battle, former Battle Hawks quarterback. Um, and Derek uh, King, former U- University of Houston and Miami QB. Interesting. Yes, yeah, so I don't even. I don't we, really. Do you know any of those guys? Because they don't. They don't stand out to me at all. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So we talked about uh King last episode right. where i said mm-hmm. i believe he could be um i believe i said mvp um but he was one of those guys and i said this a, a little bit last episode too where i think he's a uh, lamar jackson type where he's very
1: versatile get out of
0: the park it, um, but if you want to go away from Lamar Jackson, given Lamar Jackson's success in the NFL and the fact that King is not in the NFL and this is not taking a shot, I'm just giving you the facts here. Um, I would say... Um, shit, I am forgetting the name. From uh You might know this. Ohio State quarterback, uh, Cardale Jones. There it is.
1: Oh, okay, that's the one. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think he's Cardale Jones without the size. I think he's a little... I think he's on the shorter end, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's on the low end of six foot maybe five eleven. Let me just verify that so I don't get like no yeah he's five nine. So um but he was incredible at Miami. Um he was really part of that Miami program getting turned around to where it is today and just didn't get um an NFL shot. I don't even believe he was uh yeah he was undrafted in twenty twenty spent time on the Patriots and Panthers practice squad, or with them in the off season, um, and just didn't pan out. So now he gets his chance. He is going to be the PJ Walker, I believe, of this uh, league, which, um, you know, could could cool. get himself into the NFL next year. So that that would be the guy I would uh, look for.
1: Cool, and we we will be discussing that a lot through these episodes as we run through the league. Is who we think maybe is going to get uh, go to the NFL. Um, I think that'll be something we'll be doing uh, pretty frequently as the seasons as the season wears on. Okay, let's yeah. talk about the Houston Roughnecks next. Uh, so started in the uh, they play in the South Division. Uh, home games uh, are at. T D E C U Stadium, which is where the University of Houston plays. And um so they finished fi- so they were five and zero. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did so this you not is pay be-
0: attention last episode
1: where I said yeah. all this? <laughs> I was working. Okay. <laughs> uh okay. Um, so the head coach, um, This is a name I know, and I think a lot of people know. It's Wade Phillips, general manager and head coach. Um, And I'll just give them to y'all right right away. AJ Smith is the offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator is Brian Stewart. Have anything? I know we talked a lot about Wade Phillips on the last episode, but he's definitely a hard nosed coach, and these guys are gonna they're probably gonna hit hard.
0: Yeah, and I think this is um, one of those sneaky nods that Danny Garcia and uh, Dwayne are given just to football fans in general. Um, Wade Phillips was a Houston's Oilers coach. He coached in Houston. Um, He calls Houston his home. So he is coming in with a lot of pride. Um, He said at the quarterback selection that he's excited to coach the best
1: football team in Houston, which I thought was (laughs) hilarious. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He's a character, too. He's definitely something that the the cameras are going to be on a lot.
0: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. tapping in two players, two former NFL players, I believe, as his coordinators, um, Mm -hmm. I think, and we're going to get into notable players, but not a lot. So I think this coaching staff is going to have to, and not a lot in my opinion. Um, But So I think the coaching staff is really going to have to be the coaching staff that they're put together to be, which is just a solid, good coaching staff that gets the most out of the players on their team. And honestly, um, in the power rankings, which we'll get to at the end, they are where they're at because of their coaching staff and not because of anything else.
1: Gotcha. Okay. In fact, you only have one notable player listed. Cole McDonald, former Hawaii Rainbow Warriors quarterback. Yeah, so... Uh, Played at the
0: University of Hawaii. Um, did good things there. Um, I believe he will be their starting quarterback, so I'm excited to see what he does. Um but yeah, he's, he's one of those sneaky good guys because playing at Hawaii, he's not getting a lot of TV time. Not a lot of people yeah, know who he is. I was gonna say. So I think, mm-hmm. I think with, uh, Wade Phillips tutelage, he will be able to, um, show a little bit of his talents and he might be, I would keep an eye on him for being someone that kind of surprises a couple people and ends up on people's map and someone we're talking about deep into the season. I,
1: I gotta tell you living on the East coast, um, Hawaii Hawaii Rainbow uh, Games are not something that I'm seeking out on Saturday night because those games would come on like at eleven. Yeah, they would come on like at eleven o'clock at night, and uh, you know, and so you didn't get to watch a lot of them. But they play a lot. They did play a lot of their games on just the West Coast, not in Hawaii. But yeah, that's because they have no
0: stadium because that stadium is condemned.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's funny okay uh next team orlando guardians um south division they started they were the new york guardians we talked about Mm -hmm. the name change and the location change so they're playing in the south division uh camping plays at the camping world stadium this is the citrus bowl for those that don't know don't remember this has been there forever they were three and two uh in the 2020 season um I don't have anything. This is a pretty big. This is actually an old NFL stadium, too. This is had. this yeah. is hosted Super Bowl. So this is a pretty big stadium, actually.
0: I've so. actually been to this stadium. Um, I forget what year. Um, but Rutgers versus Virginia State in a no Virginia Tech in a bowl game. Um, Rutgers lost, unfortunately. Um, But well, it would have
1: been the Citrus Bowl, probably.
0: Yeah, mm. I think it was the Citrus Bowl. I think it was Greg Schiano's like last year or two at Rutgers before he tried his hand in the NFL. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the stadium. Like it's one of the, like I was up in the nosebleeds and it was a perfect view. So I think. Um, this is going to be great for the XFL. I think the fans are going to be able to get good price tickets in the lower section. So it's going to be like you're right on the field. And when they get to the point of being able to hopefully sell out stadiums, it's going to be one of the premier stadiums, I think, in the league um, because of it's just, like everything else is a soccer stadium pretty much. And that has good seating. But I think for like a stadium that's built for football, this is going to be uh, one of the more premier uh, stadiums in the XFL, uh, when they get to the point of kind of jam packing the place out.
1: Gotcha. Cool. Um, so head coach, Terrell Buckley, I do know, I do know this name. Um, he is, so he's head coach, general manager, Terrell Buckley. First time head coach, only been a position coach before. Uh, it looks like he played in the NFL. This is why I know him, uh, from 92 to Two thousand five, yeah. He, he didn't play that long, did he? Or did he?
0: Yeah, from uh, what I and I'll pull out the teams he played for, uh, right here. Um, gave me like two seconds, but yeah. So, um, Green Bay Packers ninety two to ninety four, Dolphins ninety five ninety nine, two thousand, Denver Patriots two thousand one two thousand two, Miami two thousand three. Um, okay. Practice and- squad Patriots two thousand four. Active roster Jets 2005, active
1: roster Giants 2005. Gotcha. Super Bowl champion. He's definitely got experience. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, coordinators, but, offense coordinator, Robert Ford. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean to cut. You. Yeah, no, just, and we're going to get into the
0: coordinators. Um, you give the coordinators na- names real quick. Actually, I'll just give them Robert Ford, offense coordinator, Tony Carter, defense coordinator. Don't have a lot of information on them, but this head coach and hire is very notable to me. Like you said, first time mm-hmm. head coach only been a head, uh, position coach. And that goes for a couple coaches in the league as we'll get to. But the fact that he's not even been a coordinator makes me very nervous. Um, You know, been coaching since 2007, uh, safeties coach, wide receiver coach, uh, weight room coach, cornerback coach, cornerback coach, cornerback coach, cornerback coach. So, uh, you know, never even a defense coordinator. Um, And it doesn't like play calling and stuff like that. Like you could delegate to your offensive coordinator and defense coordinator. It's just, um, you know, just the, the overall head coaching aspect and GM, you know, it's the XFL.
1: So, so little on that. So I live here in, in the Detroit market. So this, the Dan Campbell phenomena is a big, a big talking point amongst the NFL people and how he, and he has a, he had a similar, uh, a way. He was a, he was a head coach. Uh, took over. He was an interim coach. So there, there is right. a parallel there of not having, not being a coordinator. And he was just, I think he was just a uh, tight end coach. Um, and he ended up, he ended up doing. He's ended up doing very well so far here in Detroit. So there. So this, I mean, and this is a place for these guys to learn anyway, and and prove that they can do it. So hey, more power to him.
0: Yeah. I mean, all right, we're hoping mm-hmm. for the best, but you know the Guardians are on my uh, on my shit list anyways because they left because they moved. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, all right. So notable players, uh, you know what? I look at this list, and this is actually probably the most experienced uh, uh, from players from that have played. So we got Matt Elam, uh, former Baltimore Ravens defensive back, uh, first round pick, Cody Lattimore, uh former. Uh, wide receiver, Denver Broncos. Eli Rogers, former wide, uh, Pittsburgh wide receiver, Steelers. Uh, Paxton Lynch, which I said is going to be my MVP. <laughs> uh, former <laughs> Broncos quarterback. Um, so I look at this. Out of this, everything we've listed, all the teams we've looked at so far, this has the most like experience as far as an NFL level, which probably could go a long way and actually will help a, a first-time head coach in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I can see that. My biggest thing is I have zero faith in Paxton Lynch, and maybe I'm biased, <laughs> right? We could Let's just admit our biases, right? You're a Lions fan. I'm a Raiders fan. It is what it is. Paxton mm. Lynch, I remember... Him throwing an interception and crying on the sideline against the Raiders, and it's my most <laughs> fondest memory of him, honestly. So, like, <laughs> <the>
1: fact, <laughs> like I have zero faith. Well, at least he um, cared, okay? He cared. Yeah. If he's gonna cry, I mean, there's no guarantee.
0: There's no guarantee he is the starting quarterback. Um, but we we shall see. He is, I think, the most notable quarterback on that roster as of right now. Um. So we'll, maybe in the, I think he was in the fan-controlled football league or uh, mm-hmm. he was in the U, the USFL that was last year. He was in one of the leagues, maybe
1: CFL something. I don't remember. All right. I'm moving on to the next team. Uh, okay. San, San Antonio Brahmos. This team is interesting to me. So it's a first it's a 100% new team. Uh, Going to yep. play in the South Division. And then we'll be playing at the Al- Alamo Dome. Uh, and this is, oh, I, you know what? I didn't know this. So this is named after basically Dwayne Johnson or The Rock. Um, he's known in WWE as the Brahma Bowl. And there you go. There's the team. Uh, yeah. And this this head coach, this is another um, another one. Good, as we talked about, uh, Terrell, what was his name? It's already It's Terrell. Yeah, and Terrell Buckley. We talked about Terrell Buckley. We have Heinz Ward as a head coach, um, first-time head coach and general manager. Uh, he's only been a position coach, and, of course, a lot of people will know this name. He was for Pittsburgh Steelers forever, one of the top wide receivers in the league. Um, he was a Super Bowl MVP, um, and he played – God, he played from 98 to 2011. So he brings a lot of high-level experience and uh, uh, gameplay into this. So that's good for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, Just uh, real quick, just to to go back. So, yeah, uh, Brahma Bull was The Rock's name. Brahma is a... Basically, a cow, like a male cow, uh, hence their logo. One thing I will say, and I know we're not talking about logos or anything, but like this is once again, I like the nerdy design stuff. It's the world (laughs) I'm in. Um, One thing I will say, I love the the little details in their logo, like how there's a football in the in the Brahma. Like chef's kiss, flawless logo design.
1: I haven't had a chance to go through them, but I'm. De- I bet you I'll find some fun things once we get there, for sure. Yeah. Um. Um. Coordinators, but yeah, uh, coordinators. Yeah. So coordinators, Jamie a uh, uh, Lozano, yeah. Zondo, There it is. And defensive coordinator Jim Herman, and he was uh, the D coordinator for the New York Guardians in 2020. So he's he knows the XFL. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and I mean the Guardians, like we said before, were three and two, so they not like they were the worst team in the league. So I expect their defense to be stout, um, which I think this was a good. And I'm re- unsure on how these coaching staffs were put together. Ninety nine percent sure that kind of Danny and Dwayne just kind of did it themselves. Um, I don't
1: believe that. I think the coaches, coaches picked. Have- or, yeah, I, I don't know. Just pick I, I their think coordinators. They, I think they have influence on them. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, I
0: will say, with Heinz Ward being an offensive guy, I do think that picking a established, quote unquote, right. We're talking about a league that's restarting for the third time. Yeah. But an established <laughs> defensive coordinator that's familiar with the rules had what we would call, I guess, success last time, going three and two. Like if
1: you only lose two games out of five you know what though successful i gotta say um these records in 2020 you can almost throw them out you can kind of get a sense but most of them have similar records and i just think you know uh just because you know we didn't get enough of it and they were still five games in they still had a few more games left of that season and the teams would have turned it around and we'd have seen more from them so yeah i mean that's it um Notable player here, Kalen Ballage, uh, yeah. fourth round pick uh, from the Dolphins out of uh, the Arizona State. Is that what you- yes,
0: sir? My mm-hmm. alma mater. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. Okay, uh, and uh, so, I believe both of our pick for the end of the season Russian leader. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Seattle, or Saint Louis Battlehawks. Um, North Division, uh, they're going to play at the Dome and America Center. This is where uh, the Rams used to play when they played in St. Louis. St. Louis is probably geeked to have a uh, a team back, something they can go to games. Um, Head coach, Anthony Betch. Is that how you say that? Yeah. And and, uh, first-time head coach. He's only been a position coach. We're seeing a theme here. And uh, he played in the NFL. He's only been a position uh, coach at one place. Mm-hmm. Which
0: is also mm-hmm. like this is this is more mind blowing than the Terrell Buckley one to me. But mm-hmm. go ahead for the coordinators real quick, and then we'll jump. Uh,
1: in. Coordinators: uh, Bruce D- Gradkowski, uh, he's the offensive coordinator, and the defensive yeah. coordinator Donnie Abram. Um, and he was the or- Orlando Apollo's defensive back coach. Yeah, uh, um, in twenty nineteen, the,
0: the defunct AAFL that. Uh, Ah, I was wondering because of yes,
1: yes. yes. Okay, I was trying one to, of the was, coaches where there. is he bringing that back?
0: Okay, so this coach and staff is the one that I'm probably most familiar with. Um, so we'll start with the head coach, Anthony Betch. So he got drafted in the first round by the Jets at a WVU. Um, played with the Jets 2000 2004. He was a uh, a tight end, I believe. Let I mean, make sure, yeah, tight end, tight end, someone. Confirm that. (laughs) I believe. I want to say he was a tight end. Um, Jets traded up for him. Um, Anyways, he then went to Tampa, then played one year in St. Louis, played one year in in Arizona, took a year off, and then played his final year at the Chiefs. Um, He was only as a coach. He only has two coaching credits. Right? Number one, he was the tight ends coach for the San Diego Fleet who was also part of that defunct AAFL and that was in 2019. <laughs> he has not coached since and now he is the head coach and GM of the St. Louis Battlehawks and honestly, saying this out loud <laughs> it doesn't sound good. I don't know, really I don't know why I didn't put the Battlehawks <laughs> in the <laughs> bottom of the power <laughs> not to give any spoilers alert but like that is bizarre but oh, with that being man. said um i will talk about the offensive coordinator who is another person i could nerdly geek out about bruce could cat bruce gradkowski now as we've said multiple times I'm a Raiders fan. I've endured the suck. But this man <laughs> brought a few moments of joy to my life. He was the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders 2009-2010. Um, That's right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also played for Steelers, Cincy, Cleveland, the Rams, and the Bucks. Um He has been a high school coach. <laughs> but he's been a high school head coach the past couple of years and now he's coming to a coordinator role I think he will be an extraordinary coordinator just by seeing his play Excuse me Um, he was just one of those like carefree quarterbacks that like are very fun to watch even if the team is no good And I think he will be able to bring that to the offense um with some of the players that we're about to talk about.
1: And those players, there's a couple here. Um, we already mentioned him a little bit, but AJ McCarron, uh, Alabama quarterback. Um, yep. and then Marcel Aitman, uh, former Las Vegas Raider. Uh, so you know, you you know, the second one for sure. Um, yeah. AJ McCarron, I know because, uh, he was, he was, uh, he was one of those quarterbacks. He didn't, didn't transfer over well to the uh, NFL, but he was still great there. At all. Mm. Yeah.
0: At all. Um, Marcel Aitman, and we talked about this um, episode one because uh, both these players, for me, uh, A.J., well, I think – for you two, A.J. McCarron was our passing leader prediction. And then I also yes. predicted that Marcel Aitman would be the receiving leader to go with that. Um, and that's simply because as a Raiders fan, I saw his potential. This man was dubbed a T.O. prototype coming out. He was back and forth off of our practice squad and then our active duty. And then we would say he was injured so no one could take him off our practice squad. And then he would play the next week. And he's just one of those guys that like Raiders fans fell in love with. I'm one of them. And I think he has an immense amount of talent. I think he has the size to just be dominant like TL. Just from what I saw in the NFL – that level just might've been at that point too much. And I think he'll be able to bring that skill set to the XFL and succeed. And I hope I'm not wrong on this. Someone is right clipping on. this right now to <laughs> save it for later.
1: Oh, we're going to make a lot of terrible predictions and, and thoughts as, <laughs> as this goes on. Some of this may not age well. All right. Guess what? We have our two teams left and they happen to be the teams that we are bandwagoning on so we'll start with mine first seattle sea dragons um this is they're playing the north division uh they're gonna play at lumen field we already said this is where the seahawks play um and they finished so they weren't very good the first and 20 this is one of the ones they were one and four um you may know the head coach i know that jim haslett saints right the Saints? Yep. Former Saints mm-hmm. coach. Uh, most recently,
0: he was, I believe, a position coach for the Titans. I don't think he was the coordinator. Yes. I believe he was mm-hmm. a tight ends coach, but I will confirm that right here. He was the inside mm-hmm. linebackers coach
1: 2020 to 21. Right on. Um, so, uh, all right. So, the, the coordinators, the um, Offensive coordinator. I mentioned in the last episode. Um, I know June Jones. Uh, June Jones mm-hmm. uh, was and is one of the. He's a offensive guru, and I believe I gotta look. I wanted to look up. Something. So while you so, look that up,
0: I also want to mention that they do have a new name. In 2020, they were only the Seattle Dragons, and they adapted the Sea Dragons
1: yes. moniker mm-hmm.
0: this season. Mm-hmm yes
1: okay so this guy i i do so what, what he actually was a coach here in um uh in detroit uh for a while and he adapted the um he was the quarterback for mouse davis who developed the run and shoot offense and he's developed that over his years he's he's implemented that so it'll be interesting what he does here if he keeps that or does something more traditional um I'll be interested in how he does it. He's been around. He was in Hawaii, he was all over. He played in the Atlanta Falcons. This guy's got a lot of experience. So I'll be interested for sure. Yeah. Mm.
0: And one thing um too and this is why um this is just a big reason on why I put the Sea Dragons where I put them in kind of my brain um not to include their notable players, but he was uh, he's someone that's familiar with the XFL. He was the yeah. Roughnecks 2020 head coach, and we mentioned this episode one. We mentioned this a little bit earlier, but the Roughnecks went five and zero. Oh. They had PJ Walker. They were the most entertaining, explosive team in the uh, in the league last time in 2020. And the fact that he's being brought back as the head coach here, um, with the talent they have on their team, it's it's kind of like. I'm excited to see this team in action. Like this is one of those teams that I'm like Definitely. genuinely excited to watch play.
1: I think it'll be fun. Uh yeah, I think it'll be fun and they have cool uniforms and a cool name. Ooh, I'm yeah. say. <laughs> All right. And um, some cool notable, notable players. players. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Notable players. Ben Denuzy. Dinucci? Dinucci? Is that how he said? Denucci. He was just oh, on national TV Italian. for like four weeks straight <laughs> and you can't say his name. <laughs> I guess not. Uh former Dallas quarterback, uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Jordan Evans, uh former Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, Josh Gordon, I do know him, uh Pro Bowl wide receiver, definitely. And PJ Hall, uh 2018 NFL second round pick by the Raiders. There you go. Yes. Um, anything anything notable about those guys? There's a couple Raiders in there, so Mm-hmm. Um. Well, Ben DiNucci
0: obviously came in for Dak when Dak was injured. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, held his own in the NFL. Another reason with June Jones why I am extremely excited to see uh, the Seattle Sea Dragons. Offense. Given Ben DiNucci yes. wins the starting role. Um. But I am excited to see that offense with Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon was balling in the NFL. Just. Couldn't stay off the weed. Don't blame him. Shouldn't be illegal in the NFL. Should still be allowed to play. It is what it is. Um, but he was in the fan-controlled football league. Balling out there, too. Doesn't look like he'd lost a step, so I'm excited to see that. Um, as far as P.J. Hall goes, um, I know him from the Raiders. He was one of those um, picks where I was like, where the hell did that came from? He came comes from a small college, I think like Sam Howard University or something of that nature. Um, wasn't the best He's in the XFL for a reason, but he wasn't the worst. He's, uh, he's a nice big body to fill up the, uh, the hole there. He's a defensive lineman. He's a good stopgap guy. Um, so I think he was just a little too undersized and too green for the NFL. This is another guy that I could see getting, getting some rub and then uh, getting the call up to, to the NFL.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think I think there's going to be a couple players like that that are going to rehab themselves. Josh Gordon, maybe, you know, if he has a good season here. It's like, you know what, people will start forgiving him. And, you know, a lot of these guys are going to rehab themselves and get back in the NFL, so that's good. Yeah, Let's do the Vegas Vipers, um, last team, and then we'll give our picks and get out of here. Uh, Vegas Vipers um, uh, started, so they were the Tampa Bay Vipers, and then yep. they'll be playing in the North Division uh cashman field uh this is the the soccer team uh las vegas soccer team plays in this field and they were another team that were wanted for you and i've picked the two teams that had the worst records in 2020 <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah but um, uh but
0: my team my team is kind of a new team we you know we moved across right. country your team same mm-hmm. spot yeah
1: we just added it we added a uh we added a um a hyphen <laughs> yeah. added a C. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I don't know that field. Um, have you been, have you been to Cashman Field or you know of it? I have not. Um, I did a little bit
0: of digging. Um, it's the home field of the Las Vegas Lights right. uh, Football Club. It's another soccer stadium. There was a lot of, this was the last stadium to be named. The city was mm-hmm. named, the team was named, the coach was named. I believe the quarterback might have even been named and they were still trying to figure <laughs> out the uh, arena. Like I said, first episode, sources, sources, sources tell me that there, um, there's a lot more money in entertainment and concerts and uh, uh, WWE events. And oh. monster truck rallies, then there are, are projected with the ticket prices of XFL games, which is why I believe this is not being played at Allegiant Stadium. Um, yes, and I think this is really the only other viable option, um, to play at where you could get a crowd in, in Las Vegas as of right now. Um, maybe it'll be good though, uh, it'll, be, it'll be, yeah, good. maybe. Maybe old Marky Mark sees a boom and allows him in his home next season. But um just a small small soccer field, uh, much like um much like the DC
1: defenders will be playing at. Right. Gotcha. Um so head coach, this is another one of those first time head coaches, Rod Woodson. I know him from he was absolute stud in the uh in in the NFL. Played from yeah. nineteen eighty seven to two thousand three, was Heck of a defensive uh back. So the, yeah. he's and he was a he was fast and he was hard hitting. He's probably gonna bring a lot of that to the team. Uh offensive coordinator, Dwayne Taylor. I know nothing about him. Defensive coordinator, Chris Dishman. Um 2022 New New Jersey Generals. This is one of those uh um
0: the USFL that relaunched last yeah, year. Yeah, yes. Mm. Yep. So also right. New Jersey oh. Generals amazing team name like just awesome. <laughs> almost almost tried to be purchased uh by former president he was denied uh, yeah <laughs> or did he own it what? uh I'm he
1: forgetting. did own, he did own the original one in the in the original okay. uh ex, uh usfl team in the in the yeah. uh whatever it was the 80s okay hey, um <laughs> so yeah so so these guys uh I think, I think the, I don't know anything about the coordinators, but I think having a, a guy with that, that much success as Rod Woodson will go a long way. Notable players, I do know Vic Beasley, uh, former Atlanta Falcon Pro Bowl linebacker, Martavis Bryant, Pittsburgh Steeler yep. wide receiver, Brent Hunley, former Packer, um, and Raven. And he, just this year, right? He played just this year. Yep. He was in a couple games. He, he
0: was one of the more later additions to the uh, XFL because he was playing in the NFL. He was um I forget who backed up Lamar and went to the Pro Bowl. I forget the guy's name. Um but he was um, he, Oh when uh, Lamar when Lamar Huntley? went out yeah, right? When Lamar went out, Brett Huntley came in as right. the backup for Lamar's backup. Um, but Martavius, Br- Vic Beasley, I obviously know. Um, he's kind of one of those NFL guys that kind of just fizzled out, um, got cut by one team and kind of never recovered. Martavius Bryant, I know very well. He also played for the Raiders after the Steelers. Um, he was one of those guys, speedster is the guy you put mm-hmm. in the slot, you tell him to run a go, and he's getting open. He was, I think, another one of those guys that um, couldn't put the vitamins down, and that was kind <laughs> of his demise in the <laughs> NFL. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's another one of those guys that if he kind of gets his his stuff back together, I think he could probably make it back to the league.
1: Awesome. All right, well, that is... Uh, that was a mouth. Can was I a just mouthful. say something we real quick through, too? Yeah, go ahead. One mm-hmm. thing I don't like, and we're gonna stay positive.
0: We're not gonna do many things that, um, you know, we would change or anything. But one thing that this year the XFL changed from last year, and I think even the 2001 XFL is the division lineup. They made them North and South instead of East and West, and that frustrates yes. the hell out of me
1: because. Mm-hmm. Well, not, you're going to have some cross cross country uh, matchups more, right? Uh, yeah, you know, but like I liked it issue. in
0: 2020 where it was, um, you know, east and west because like it was a split down the middle. You split the Texas teams, but you know, maybe I haven't really looked at it on the map. Maybe there would be a lopsided. Yeah.
1: You know, area though, at some point. if you, I think maybe the goal is to add a few teams and then and then it will make more sense. I mean, maybe well, where that's would you part add of the uh, thinking. What
0: marketplace um, would you add a team?
1: Well, okay, playing in in February, it, you know, you gotta you gotta think uh, indoor stadiums. If you're to stay be in the north, um, okay. So here we go. It, Detroit
0: is what's coming. It, right.
1: Now. It, well, I would say that's one. Indianapolis. Um, I could see something like that. That would be a market that would probably be good. Um, I would say no on Indy because.
0: Indy mm-hmm. is the uh, capital, the uh, comp, the convention center capital of the world, and I don't think they would be able to give that stadium up that many times to and not take in that money that the city brings in for the conference. Because one thing to note about um, Lucas Oil Stadium is it's not fully owned by Jim Irsay; the city right. also has stake in it and can decide um, what events go in it at what time, which is why they. Um, denied the NFL's request to make it a possible opportunity for that um, neutral site stadium because they had a volleyball, a high school volleyball uh, tournament going on in the stadium and the city refused to move the tournament for the NFL. So I doubt they would try to move anything for the XFL. Gotcha.
1: Okay. I was going to, I threw out Nashville. Uh, that might be a place. And then, you know, you, you there's some, there's a lot of, uh, they, they, are heavy in that Southern and Texas market, but you know, maybe yeah. something like uh, an Oklahoma city like Tulsa or something could come up. I don't know. Just, Birmingham. I'm thinking different places that don't have, there you go. That don't have NFL teams that have a market that may, might be uh viable. Um, yeah. yeah. Alabama would be uh, one in Alabama would be interesting. It,
0: I would say I definitely Birmingham. We'll Birmingham mm-hmm. had a good turnout when they had the AFL. And they had Trent Richardson as the running back, and their jerseys were effing sick. Um, yeah. So I would say Birmingham, New York, I could see. Especially, Obviously. But, like, <laughs> I could see him not doing MetLife. You know where I could see him doing? I could see him doing it over there by the Mat Men, over there at the, uh, you know, possibly. <laughs> oh, Matt. Um, you know, I don't po- think they would do I a baseball stadium. No, they could do it at the uh, the New York Red Bulls.
1: Yes, yes, that's that's would be probably the place they would do it for sure. Yeah, take it take um, it out
0: of the Meadowlands, take it out of the swamp, and go over to the to
1: where the Red Bulls play. Yes, that would probably be the market for that. Um, yeah. All right. So, so anything else on that? Because um, I'm thinking what no, we let's, do now is we let's get into let's week run one. through these. Yeah, let's run through uh, week one real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, sign off. I know that was a long uh, segment. So uh, let's start week one, uh, and we're just going to give picks. We don't have spreads unless you got them. Uh, uh, we will, and then go after the spreads come out, we will start uh, handicapping the games. Uh,
0: we never gave out the spreads for the championship.
1: Mm-hmm. N- What is the spreads for the championship
0: so we'll run through them real quick and these are up on our uh, instagram at xfl pod if you want to take a look at the cool graphic we made um so right now the favorite is the st louis Battlehawks at plus 400 and then these all go down by 50 uh points each time seattle sea dragons plus 450 renegades plus 500 brahmas plus 550 vipers plus 600 Defenders plus 650 and then the Roughnecks and the Guardians are
1: both last at plus 750 Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Well, all right. Um, let's okay So let's just do go through each game. Uh, so 3 p.m. Saturday the February 18th, uh, the Vegas Vipers your Vegas Vipers um, Taking on the Arlington Renegades uh, at Choctaw Stadium um, in Arlington um I'm going to just run it out here and just say the Vipers. Okay, against the Renegades, I am going to uh,
0: I'm going to go with the Renegades. Um okay. I'm going to go against my own team, but simply for the reason the Bob Stoops effect, right? He game. knows the rules, okay. he's been there, mm-hmm. and I just think that um someone that's been a head coach, been a head coach in this league just, I have to give them the advantage over a first-time head coach and a first-time head coach in a new league
1: with different rules than they're accustomed to from the time they played. Gotcha. All right. Um, the next game uh, later that night uh, is 8.30, um, 8.30 p.m. at the 18th. is Orlando Guardians versus the Houston Roughnecks um, at Rice Stadium. I think this is going to be the Roughnecks all day. How about you?
0: Yeah, so do I. This is the battle of what the uh, sports books are saying are going to be the two worst teams in the league. Um obviously everyone is guessing. Um but I would also go with the Houston Roughnecks, Wade Phillips versus Terrell Buckley. <laughs> Paxton Lynch is on the Guardians. Once again, we've already said I don't trust that
1: man. So, yeah, we're going Roughnecks. Um, all right. Uh, next game on the nineteenth on Sunday, three p.m. St. Louis Battlehawks versus the San Antonio Brahmas. Um, I'm gonna go. So the Battlehawks were the uh, the favorites on that that thing. You yes, on plus four hundred, right?
0: and the Brahmas are plus five fifty.
1: But I'm going with the Brahmas. I I think I think they're going to be a surprise team. So, yeah. I'm going to take them. It's, at, it's a home game for them. We'll see what we can do. I'm, Let's go. I'm
0: in, lock, I'm in lockstep with you there. I do think the fan favorite is the Battle Hawks. Um Just their coaching staff. Um, you know, obviously, I love Greg Kowski and A.J. McCarron and Marcel Aitman, and we've talked about it all. Um, but there's just something about the Heinz Ward kind of kind of thought that is like, ah they might pull some shit out that
1: might be a Gotcha. And then finally Sunday evening on the February 19th, um, at 8 PM at Audi field is Seattle sea dragons. Yes. And my (laughs) Seattle sea dragons and the DC defenders. And I, as much as I like picking like the sea dragons, Cross-country game, uh, these never go well in the NFL. I'm going to go ahead and say that the D.C. defenders win this. Okay.
0: Um, this one's a tough one. I will say I think this will be the game of the week. I'm going to say okay. that. Um, I'm also going to put a hot, uh, just a hot take in there um, and say that this is the first game where we see the overtime rules. Um I okay. think these are I love the Seattle Sea Dragons roster and coaching staff but there's something about King in this league that I think he's going to flourish which makes me nervous. Um my brain says the Sea Dragons, my heart says DC. Um so we're gonna go with the brain, just to go different from you, because I think we've agreed with everything else, and <laughs> except for the first one. So we'll disagree on the first mm. and last one. Um, I will go with uh, your Seattle. It's funny we both rooted against our own team, <laughs> our own team. <laughs> yes,
1: because we use logic, teams. and I might be yeah. that might be my mistake is using logic. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna All go right. with uh, the Seattle Sea
0: Dragons there.
1: Okay. Um, all right. Anything else before we wrap it up? I know you had one. No, thing. I, think, Maybe we, mm-hmm. I think
0: this is good. I do want to jump into our power rankings and I will put those on the screen yes. and post. So you don't have to worry about it in MG, but these are the, uh, XFL podcast preseason power rankings. We will come to you at the end of each episode with our new power rankings that MG and I will put together. Um, just, this is the first one at number eight. We have Orlando guardians. Um, once again, just coach... every. I should just list these off because I've pretty much given my reason for all of these already. Yes, um, yeah, so just to run through. Orlando Guardians, number eight. Number seven, San Antonio Brahmas. Although I do think you could flip the Brahmas and the Battle Hawks on this uh, power ranking. Uh, number six, D.C. Defenders. Then you have number five, St. Louis Battle Hawks. And then our top four, Vegas Vipers, number four. Houston Roughnecks, number three. Arlington Renegades, number two. And for me, number one, that coaching staff, the notable players on there, Seattle Sea Dragons, got to be the number one on the power ranking. And this, uh, you could also follow, find it on our social media at, at XFLpod on everything this is gonna be interesting because this could be completely wrong yes. it could be completely could right be,
1: this could be absolute trash everything we said um this episode we, uh, it could be completely we didn't know what the heck we were talking about but you never know yeah that's fun to discuss and, it anyway but mm.
0: but next week's episode uh we will be back um Tuesday after um, week one wraps up, we will be talking about everything that happened, all of these games, all the key stories, um, and we will give, We'll have more information. At least at that point, we'll have some resemblance to be able to give opinions. And uh, make sure you follow us at XFL Pod. If we end up do getting um, odds before um, the eighteenth, we will put them up there. Um, for everyone to see, um, kind of what they are and, um, you know, maybe we'll tweet out on our social medias at official risk at two fight forever. If we have any change of opinions once the spreads come out, but as of now, there are no spreads. Hopefully there will be spreads for more than just the championship game as we go along. But until then, um, I'm Jonathan risk. This is MG Geek. Follow him at 2 fight Forever. Follow me at Official Risk. Yeah, at 2, the number 2, but it's – if you're watching, it's right there. I guess I forgot podcast listeners. At the number 2, <laughs> Fight Forever, one word, at Official Risk, O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-R-I-Z-K. And then follow us as a show at XFLPod on all social media. Until then, we'll see you all next time. Peace.